I, and I mean, we spoke before about this to say, look, I don't want to focus on your sexuality. Yeah. And but I know you are a very proud gay man. Yeah. Um, how? Just briefly touch on that in terms of the childhood. How was that? Did you feel? Difference to other kids? Did you yeah. feel the same as them? Because that lit, that came from somewhere. Cool. That that yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't think we'd move into this quite quickly, but here we are. Um, great question, Mloto, and I think it's it's fully loaded. And I think it is it's you listening to what I have to say in the beginning, um, which I think you have. Um, Thirteen. For me, so one, the script I wrote was a, a, a topic we had been given at school by an English teacher, right? But I wrote it so well and it did so well, and my mom then got hold of it and read it and stuff, you know. And I think I had gone introspectively about things. So I've got visual cues here, which I told you about, and there are three pinnacle ages for my life currently at the age of 31 that have really ultimately made me who I am or have helped me transition into who I am. Mm -hmm. So 13 was one of those ages, 25 and then 30. I'll share with you in retrospect and we can build onto it. So 13 was, um, it was the first time I realized I was different. Um, and being different was I was not like other boys and the world was trying to inform themselves, was trying to inform me of who I was. And I quickly got very uncomfortable with that, you know, growing up watching Oprah every day at four o'clock, not going to um, extramural activities like other boys, rushing home to come watch Oprah with my mom, actually, was, was a favorite pastime every day after school. And for me, four o'clock was such a pivotal moment because it put me into... It, it it allowed me to travel in my mind. Sure. And you know how big I am on traveling. Yeah. So it allowed me to travel into the United States, to wherever Oprah was or whatever, mm. or wherever TV took me to. So I always say TV has always been such an important part of my life in terms of traveling and not using my current situation as a determinant of where I'm going. Mm. So 13 was a very big age for me where, first of all, you're hitting puberty. You don't understand what's going on with your body. You are also, you also look like a girl sometimes. You're shaped like a girl. And some people, before I got this beard, thought I was a girl. So, in my childhood, I'd get guys, older guys, sort of trying to come on to me. And for me, I was so uncomfortable. I remember I used to run home to my mom mm. and be like like in the the Tuni where you know I've been sent to a shop up the road in the township that we come from um, in Cuba and you know I've been sent up the road to go buy bread or sausage or whatever mm. young kids get sent to do and on my merry way you know I'm a nonchalant kid I'm minding my own business got this big bum which my mom blessed <laughs> me with <laughs> And I hated it so much then, and I'm completely, utterly shaped like my mom, which which is something that I hated in the beginning, sure. but I realized it was a blessing and a curse at the same time as I grew older. And I, I leaned in on the blessing a bit more. Um, I'd walk up the street, and people would, would question me, would question my existence. Um, and I, I couldn't 
put my finger on it, you know. I couldn't put my finger on why was I alive if then I was not meant to. Because, you know, guys in the hood will be very brutal to say, one, you're mm-hmm. um, and or the worst for me was being called a hermaphrodite, you know. And... At, at that time, did you know what that was? Yes. So there was a popular term called Italase. Mm-hmm. Italase is basically having both um, organs. And I would walk up the street to Noto and I'm like, do I have both? And I'd get home and I'd inspect myself, you know. And remember, I always say I'm so careful around the things I say around kids because kids listen. Yeah. Kids take things on and kids... um. You know, start believing. If you if you are not as mentally strong as I was and feeding my mindset mm. with positivity and good things around me and also coming from a home where I think my mom did a great job to sort of say, you're the author of your life. Sure. As much as she's a black teacher parent who is like any other black teacher parent. But when I came home crying and saying, the boys up the road... Um, said this and this and she'd be like you be- it's because you're beautiful you look like your mom don't you want to look like your mom and I'd be like okay mom it makes sense and then I'm crying and then say okay it makes sense as I look like my mom what led me to writing that and I, I, I go around and around because I want people to get the story is I thought I was this I was being told I'm this and something in me instantly clicked at such a young age. And it's something I always pray for, for, for young, um, confused kids or young people who just don't know who they are in terms of identity and, and authenticity um, to, to find within themselves. I simply said, I'm not from that age. No one's going to tell me who I am. I'm going to tell the world who I am. Yes. And I'm going to walk out... And I am going to, and true to form, that's how I've managed my life throughout. That's how I've walked into every boardroom. That's how I've walked into every interview. That's how I've walked into every life situation was. I walk in, you're a bit apprehensive about who I am at face value, but I'm going to let you in on what the colors of me are all about. And 